It might surprise you to know that 60% of Americans drink coffee, or if you're one of those coffee drinkers, you're not surprised. And there are a ton of brands to choose from. Scooter's Coffee is an up-and-coming brand. They've been around 25 years, but they're growing with over 600 locations. Join me in this episode of Franchise You as I talk with Joe Thornton, who's the president, about what makes Scooter's Coffee so special. Welcome to the Franchise You podcast, where key industry leaders provide education and inspiration. Here's your host, Dr. Kathy Gosser, the director of the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. In this episode of Franchise You, we are going to be talking with Joe Thornton, who's the president at Scooter's Coffee. Welcome, Joe. Thank you, Kathy. Great to be here. Ah, it's great to have you. So you're the president of Scooter's Coffee. You started your franchising career with 14 years at Blockbuster. Gosh, I used to go there a lot. Followed by 11 years working with the licensed units at Starbucks. You spent some time at Jamba Juice and HMS Host, all in very senior roles. And now you're the president of Scooter's Coffee. So Joe, would you mind telling us a few highlights of your career, starting with Blockbuster, where you worked in operations and franchising? Well, Kathy, first of all, I absolutely love movies. So that was a dream job. I enjoyed my time there so much. I mean, there was a moment early in my career, I'd watch two or three movies a day. Just, just, there's so many great movies. And obviously the history is written on the brand, but what a wonderful ride it was while I was there. And I was there for the quote unquote good years Mm -hmm. and I really enjoyed that. Um, It's uh, interesting to see and to work for a brand that is the clear industry leader. I mean, that's when you thought about movies, you thought about Blockbuster, but then to see how quickly it disappeared. And it's a case study that, you know, it's a cautionary tale, I'd say, for certainly other brands. Um, even uh, as I went to work for Starbucks, uh, there was always this discussion about, well, what could ever disrupt our business? I'm like, well, that's what Blockbuster said. There can always be something. Mm -hmm. And so I think you have to be uh, conscious of that. But the thread of all those places I've worked, you know, movies starting there, then it was more about community. Because even with Blockbuster, when you had one built in your community, it was like your your community was on the map, like it mattered. Mm -hmm. Interestingly, a decade later, as Blockbuster exited and I went to work at Starbucks, Starbucks became that place. And in an even more relevant way, you know, technically the third place we call it home is one, work is two, and Starbucks is three. And so people would fill the cafes and, you know, that's what you did. You went to Starbucks, Uh, but also fell in love with coffee Mm -hmm. and uh, going to countries of origin and actually being on the farms and all those experiences, it just makes you appreciate coffee in a deeper way. It's not a commodity. It really is an experience. Uh, but threaded through all of those, along with HMS Hosts, along with Jamba Juice, and now Scooter's Coffee, is service. Mm-hmm. It is just about service and about connecting with people. And if you love that, these are the types of jobs that get you excited. Um, and I certainly have. And, you know, it's so interesting that that's the thread because it is service. And you're right about Blockbuster and Starbucks and now Scooter's Coffee, how people feel. Speaking of which, we need one in my neighborhood, just saying. (laughs) So I have to ask you, what's your favorite coffee? Uh, What I drink most often now is I I fell in love with espresso. So I drink an Americano, uh, which is, you know, espresso with hot water. and, And I try to avoid the milk just for health reasons. But 
But even with that, now we have so many milk options that, you know, I can drink oat milk and soy and things like that. So it's kind of cool, the evolution of this industry in general, but to be able to have those options. Uh, The thing that you said that made me say this, which is it is a daily habit. I mean, when you love coffee, it's part of your everyday ritual. And that's just different than any other business model that's out there. I couldn't agree more. And there are so many of us who definitely (laughs) see it as a daily event and something Mm -hmm. that we have to have. Let's talk about Scooter's Coffee. Your brand is quite unique in that it's drive-through only, and it allows customers to, this is my favorite part, scoot in and scoot out. So I just love that. So it was founded in 1998 by Don and Linda Eccles when they opened their first drive-through coffee house in Nebraska. And they were the entrepreneurs who came up with the amazing name. And Linda started the smiley sticker, which I read about. I think folks wanted to take it away. And she said, we have to have it. And I love it as a customer. So can you tell us a bit more about your brand? Well, I'll give you a bit of the journey, Kathy, of how I got here. And so I got a call last year Actually, it was April last year from one of the HR recruiters for Scooters Coffee. And what I thought was so fascinating is that they didn't use an executive search firm. They called directly. And the first conversation that I had with the HR recruitment team was about our core values. They didn't ask about my background. We didn't talk about the, you know, the components of the business. It was all about the core values, uh, which for Scooters Coffee is integrity, love, humility, and courage. So just those two indicators alone, how they made the call and what they talked about first was very interesting. And so I continued to have discussions with Don Eccles and the and the current CEO, and I ultimately flew out to Omaha. I had to see what this was all about. Mm-hmm. And we had such a wonderful connection. And Don Eccles, as the founder of this company, and even Todd Gravy as a CEO, walk in such incredible humility. Uh, it was it was really striking for me and one of the things that uh, attracted me to this brand. And so what they built is pretty special. We just passed over 25 years a couple months ago. And there are so many amazing things happening. And we use the word amazing a lot at Scooter's Coffee. But even the smiley sticker, mm-hmm. uh, we decided about two months ago with four of our stores in Omaha, we actually took down our Scooter's, lo- uh, Scooter's Coffee logo on the building and replaced it with the smiley logo. Oh my gosh. We didn't tell anybody. We didn't advertise it. We just said, let's see what happens. And so we had customers saying, that's kind of cool. Like, tell us more about that. And part of it is we want this to be a great experience for people and find those things that tie our heritage to our, our, our brand building to the heritage of the company, but also introduce something new. And so... Uh, that's what's fun about this business. And we do know that the the smiley sticker has made a difference in customers' lives, especially during the pandemic when they stopped doing it at one point and people were saying, please bring that back. Like it's the only joy in my life as I wow. you know go through the pandemic. And of course, uh, being a drive-through model, we thrive throughout COVID because of that too. Oh, I can imagine. I was thinking that those with a drive-through really did thrive during the pandemic. And I'm glad you mentioned your values because I was quite taken with those. And the one that was probably most interesting is that love is considered a value. Can you talk about that? Yeah, a couple of things I'd say, Kathy. One is that, and when you see our values listed anywhere, 
They're intentionally in an order, integrity, love, humility, and courage for a couple reasons. And by the way, love is always capitalized mm. versus the other three values. And that's why love stands out. But um, one of the ways, the cool things, the way we train new employees on remembering the values is the acronym, I love hot coffee. Oh my gosh, Integrity, that's love, great. humility, courage. <laughs> And so love is so important in our lives. And, you know, part of the discussion is why should it be only in your personal life? Why can't it be in your work uh, life as well? And when you love people, you you look out for them, you care for them, you treat them like family. Uh, even in the difficult times, you still want to care for them. And so we we feel strongly about that. And every company, I'm sure at some point when they began, said, we're going to grow big, but we're going to stay small. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep our core no matter what happens. And guess what, Kathy? It doesn't stay that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lose their way and they become a big corporation. And so we believe our core values are what anchor us to that. You know, we don't have paragraphs of mission statements and all those things. It's just four words and they truly drive who we are and how we operate. And I will say one more thing. What we're also talking a lot more about in recent weeks is kindness. Mm. And where that plays, and I'll tell you, the more we talk about, the more we get excited about it. I can see that. And when you visit your shops, it's really, it's really quite remarkable that you feel those values in your employees. And and I don't even know how you train every single employee to say after you order, scoot around. That is so clever. <laughs> well, it's so fascinating that you say that, Kathy, because we haven't trained that seriously. We really haven't trained it. In fact, we see it in some of our social media posts from customers, uh, whether it's scoot around, scoot on around, scoot in and scoot out. There's different versions of it. And that is not an intentional lexicon. It's just people have picked up on that. Oh, no, that's fun. That tells you that there's really something there. Now, my favorite version I heard was you can scoot your boot around, which I thought was very clever. Not sure well, how I you feel heard about that it. One before. Oh, yeah. Scoot your boot. So my husband will say to me, you want me to scoot your boot and get you a coffee? So that's I think that's very clever. Actually, it made me smile. It was really, really fun. Yeah. Let's talk about the coffee industry. It's gosh, it just seems to be booming with coffee shops everywhere. And so I read that 60% of Americans drink coffee every single day. Can you tell us a little bit about the opportunity? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, Of course, I've worked 11 years at Starbucks. And even since then, I've had many analysts and others asking questions about the coffee industry, even before coming back into Scooter's Coffee. And And my answer has always been the same to the question of how big can it get? And it's bigger than what we think is possible. In fact, um, I would share with people that Starbucks, even as big as they are, 17,000 U.S. stores and 37,000 worldwide, they bought 3% of the world's coffee. Think about that. That's how much opportunity there is. Now, obviously, there's levels of coffee, and we uh, certainly purchase the highest quality coffee that there is. But... In terms of growth, there's a lot of opportunity. And yes, you know, the U.S. consumers drink more coffee than almost anywhere in the world. Um, the average consumer is about 300 cu- cups of coffee a year. And, um, and of course, they have many more places to get coffee today, not just in the specialty coffee space that we're in, but even in the convenience store business, right. even in other retailers like a McDonald's. So uh, it gives you some sense that 
everyone's putting this into their growth plan because they see the opportunity. And of course, finally, just growth within the specialty coffee space with other drive-through concepts. True. What makes Scooter so unique? Well, it starts with our values. There's right. no doubt about it. It is uh, easy to say them. It's hard to live them. And to truly make decisions through that lens every single day. I don't know if there's been a day that I've worked at Scooter's Coffee that we haven't mentioned the values. Hmm. That's how often they are top of mind for us. Um, but there's a couple other things that I got really excited about in the beginning. It's our core competency statement. And it's basically... We deliver high-quality, high-margin drinks through a drive-through lane, fast and friendly. Mm -hmm. And each one of those words has some intentionality. Of course, we want it to be high-quality, but a focus on drinks. We're a beverage business first. While we do carry some food, beverage will always drive the business model. But through a drive-through lane is so critical because when I first came to Scooter's Coffee, there was a question about, um, well, you're just leaving the airport space. How about we do airport locations? And I said, well, do a drive-through lane. If you can't do it through a drive-through lane, then we won't build an airport. And just that level of discipline about how we're going to grow the business over time. Now, that question incidentally came up again just last week about airports. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, here's an opportunity. If you could partner with large airports and do an out parcel, do a drive-through on their way out of the airport oh, or wow. by the cell phone lots coming in, then that would make sense. That would be within our fences of a drive-through concept, but still meet the partnership with an airport. But just having that discipline is so important as you scale a company. And then finally, another, uh, what I believe is competitive advantage for us is what we call vertical integration. So we built a company called Harvest Roasting that runs alongside Scooter's Coffee. It's here in Omaha. But we are the only company of scale that we roast our own coffee. We bake our own baked goods. We have our own warehouse. And we distribute to all of our stores directly um, mm -hmm. through our own trucks with our own drivers. That is so unique. And I say yes. that because Starbucks, again, 17,000 stores in the U.S., they have zero trucks. Everyone else in industry uses third-party logistics, which, of okay. course, supply chain has been a challenge for many for years, even before COVID. So all that to say, we control the quality of all of that. Our franchise owners have relationships with their driver, which is so cool. Mm. And we just love seeing our red and white scooters trucks rolling down the highway, delivering to our stores. 99% of our stores, 99% of our uh, the product that they receive. The only thing we don't deliver is dairy, which is purchased locally. So it's pretty cool. That really is. So to me as a customer, if someone asks me, why do you love scooters so much? My answer is quite different. My answer mm -hmm. is that, well, I love the service, okay? And I do love that they say scoot around. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. But what I really appreciate is that you have four different types of sugar-free syrups. Mm -hmm. And that you also have different milk choices. So some will either have almond or they'll just have coconut. But you have coconut, almond, skim, whole, oat. I mean, you have it all. So the amount of choice that you have makes it kind of no matter what your diet is, it's mm -hmm. definitely somewhere you can go. So that's what I always tell people. And actually, many of my friends have gone based upon that statement alone. Yeah. Awesome. 
Yeah. And I didn't realize that you created all that. So do you create your own syrups as well? No, we do get those from uh, companies that we partner with. But again, yes. making it so easy for the franchisee that it all comes together every week on our trucks with yes. our employees. Excellent. Cool. Excellent. That is. So let's talk about franchising. You have over 600 franchise locations across 28 states and aggressive growth plans. What is your strategy for franchise growth and, and why the franchising model? Well, we love the model because uh, you're making people's dreams come true. I mean, how cool is that every single day? And it is a significant responsibility for us to focus on unit level profitability. That's, that is so important to us because we know it's important to franchise owners. And what we love about our model in particular is that we do have a handful of corporate stores here in Omaha, but our entire network is franchised. That is our DNA. And we've watched as this business has grown to now 624 stores as of today, but we have over 150 franchisees. So they're only averaging about four stores per franchisee. We're a very small structure of franchisees, but growing to a large number of individual franchise owners. And we love that because we've had times where what we call institutional investors have come and said, we want to build 100 scooters coffee locations. We're not interested because we want people to build the first one that they selected, their first store manager. They did it as a family. And then if they had success, they opened the second store and the third store and that organic growth is what fuels us. So we could be tempted if we wanted to really, really grow fast by taking on these groups that want to open 100 or 200 stores, but that wouldn't be personal. It just would not be our model. So growth is important, but not at the expense of our culture and the relationship with franchisees. And then finally, I would tell you that with so many great stories of a franchisee who said, I'm going to open one store, but it was so great that they could not run fast enough to open the second store. And then they're asking us for more territory. And we've had uh, you know, a couple that had signed up for three stores and he was working two full-time jobs. She was working a full-time job, you know, normal American family with three or four kids. And after the success of the first couple, they decided to expand to eight stores. And one of them, you know, quit their job. And then now they said 20 stores. And so they're both full time into Scooter's Coffee. And it's just really cool to see. Again, people feel this, this uh, opportunity to grow their family and grow their own business within our brand. So when you're looking for franchise partners, you, you said what you're not looking for, the large firms. What are the attributes that make a successful Scooter's Coffee franchisee? Well, the first thing is they have to believe deeply in our values. And so we spend a lot of time talking about that. And there's a subset of this too. Um, part of this focus around integrity, love, humility, courage, and I'm going to say kindness, is that we really want to embrace our communities. And it's one of the benefits of franchise. We can go into very small communities and build the right relationship. It's not the big brand coming in. Usually the owner lives in that town or a town nearby. So we want people to deeply believe in our values, but the kindness part is that we also do not take positions as an organization. And that's so important. We're not going to stand for this issue over here politically or racially or religion or any of those things. We just want to love people. We just want to be kind to people um, because as soon as you take a position, 50% of people are happy with you and 50% are not. 
And what they're actually coming for is I just need this incredible cup of coffee with a big smile from a barista and us to tell you to, you know, have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm. That's what I think most of us want. And so it's really important for us to be a brand that's kind to people. And that's what we look for in our franchise owners. Do your franchise owners typically have coffee experience when they join? I would say no, largely no. In fact, some of them haven't run a business before. Um, we certainly do have some that have other businesses in their portfolio, but uh, we believe strongly in, in helping franchisees, especially coming to the business for the first time. We have lots of tools and resources along the way to help them all the way to the opening day. And then, of course, beyond that with what we call franchise business consultants. But I was just talking to one of our trainers earlier today, and and what they do is they'll fly out 10 days before the opening, and they're there walking alongside the owner until that door is open. And uh, it's just so important because we've now learned 624 times what works and what doesn't. And so being able to help prepare the owner, you know, allows them to sleep at night leading up to the opening. Because I'll tell you, it's a uh, it's a scary proposition uh, being an entrepreneur and in some cases putting your life investment into doing uh, just this. It is. And you do list on your website the incredible support that you provide. It's real estate, construction, training, marketing, innovation, field ops and, and the distribution, which you've so eloquently told us about. But if you had to choose one or two others of those to talk about that you think really differentiate Scooter's Coffee, what would they be? Well, it starts with real estate. So we're investing deeper and deeper into helping franchisees finding the right real estate because what I've learned from other business models, when you choose the wrong real estate, you're living with that forever. Correct. And it's harder to grow sales and therefore you spend a lot more time on marketing activity So it's a little bit of a downward spiral when you don't have the right real estate. Conversely, when you find the right real estate and you you benefit from the traffic and the visibility, it is incredible what's possible. And we've seen so many success stories. So really, I'd say real estate. But it's interesting. The second thing I would tell you isn't a department. It's the next move that the operator makes or the franchise owner, which is hiring the right store manager. It is so critical. In fact, almost every gap you have in sales or marketing or other areas, you can trace back to you don't have the right person leading the store. And it's especially because we're opening in communities and especially smaller towns, that person's really going to drive the culture that's created in the store and therefore the culture in the community. True. That's a hard one to argue. I remember a COO used to tell me, you show me a great restaurant manager, I'll show you a great restaurant. And I think that's that's true. I think that definitely is. And it's difficult to give guidance, of course, but if they follow your values, you'll get that right. right. You'll get that right person. Now, the real estate is interesting to me because some of the locations I've seen are in parking lots. Mm. So how do you navigate that? How do you convince a company, a retail outlet to give up some of their some of their parking lot in order to have a scooters. Yeah, well, there's a few things. The first thing is we'll tell you you're not making any money off of this concrete. So you <laughs> might as well put it to use. That's um, good. And, and I think it's the, you know, we we find locations and what's so u- unique about our model is that we can build on half an acre, whether it's an out parcel, whether it's, you know, um, a, a land location uh, that's independent. 
But we do think there's something about just the flow of traffic, find the right location. Um, we haven't intentionally partnered with any specific brands, but we do know that there's some things that we consistently look for. But we just believe if you're on the way to where people are going, then the good things happen from a, a real estate perspective. And I've seen that because even the little corners that are being used, the half acre corners, as you state, are farther away from the retail outlet. So it works yeah. perfectly. That's so right. I've, I've been impressed with some of the real estate plays that I've seen here in Louisville. And you you talked yeah. a lot about community. So what mm. types of things can franchisees do marketing wise for their communities, like local store marketing? What does that look like? Mm. Well, a couple of things. As the brand grows, we certainly have things we need to do to, to support. But one of the signals that I wanted to make sure we sent to franchisees, and this was at our conference a couple months ago, is I've now hired a chief community officer. Oh. Um, like this is that moment. This is so important um, that we have a foundation or a charitable trust or something that signals who we stand for, who we want to be. But more importantly, how we help the franchisees do that in their community, because locally is what matters when it comes to um, the heart and the things that we want to to help people with. And so we are in that process right now, which is so exciting, even talking about it and, and the work that we're doing. But meanwhile, franchisees have done some r- remarkable things out in their communities. And I had a call from a franchisee Friday who, in his nine stores, uh, partnered with a local organization that helps foster children. Oh. And they raised a significant amount of money because they took proceeds from everyone that came to the store and gave a a large portion of that to this organization. And many of the franchisees already organically have a day of giving within their month where they partner with someone locally. But we also want to say, what are the right pillars for us to focus on? You know, maybe it's kids and maybe it's education or things like that. And so it's an interesting journey, fun journey that we're on right now. But we also love to see that franchisees are already doing some amazing things. You know, you will find that franchisees, as you know, tend to be some of the most generous people around and will find those opportunities organically. The customer loyalty program you have at Scooters is actually very, like your app is very easy to use. The whole loyalty component, you can either pay with the app or just get your points. How do you support franchisees with that app? Like, why is that a win for them? Well, it builds loyalty. And and that's, uh, I think when there's a reason for people to return to you, you stop what we call transaction splitting. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to be agnostic to people. You really want it to be that this is the place that they want to go. And so rewarding people for it is, is it's important to do, but I would even argue it's table stakes today. You know, we're thinking about how do we go beyond that? What are the other things that we could create? How do you do something unique? And I used to Think about this from an airline perspective, and I shared this with a group a couple months ago. Many years ago, Southwest Airlines, not only the culture that they had that was created by Herb Keller, the original CEO, but they also had a loyalty program that wasn't the point system that everyone else has. It was eight round trips, you get a free ticket. That's right. right? 16 segments, you got a free ticket. The clearest message possible. Now, they changed their loyalty program now to make it a point system like everyone else. And part of the reason they did that is that people were flying eight round trips and the free flight, maybe the eight round trips were San Diego to L.A. 
but then the free one, they go San Diego to New York. Mm -hmm. So they felt like it was a little bit of, you know, they were losing something. But I would submit these are your best customers. Why wouldn't you want to reward them with that? Or maybe you go to seven round trips instead of eight, right? If you felt like you needed to balance. But the fact that they gave away this competitive advantage, and mm -hmm. now it's just this, I'm like everyone else. Mm -hmm. So I, I think in the space of rewards and loyalty, instead of thinking about you know, how the value has increased for customers and therefore you're not making much as much profit, go the other way. How do you reward your best customers even more? And, you know, you do that because just the other day you had a new drink out. It was a cold foam, which I've never even tried, but it popped up, got received a notification. Hey, come today and you can get a free one. You can try one for free. Okay. That was a reward for a very loyal mm -hmm. customer. I was pretty excited about that. So how do you measure the effectiveness of when you run these specials through the app and they pop up to customers that have your app? How do you measure the results of that? Yeah, we're doing a lot of analysis on that now. And, it's, and we're reaching a point with our growth that we have to do more, you know, brand studies, more, you know, customer analytics and, and using services for that. So we are doing and we do actually a pretty big usage study annually, but we're realizing we've got to cut that in more frequently and in more distinct ways. But we are actually at this moment redesigning our app, redesigning the loyalty program based on the feedback we're getting so that we can address some of those opportunities to be even better. And even talking about our levels and how do you how do you name those levels and help people understand how to reach them. And in the end, you want to drive more frequency and attract more people to the brand. And Joe, you know, we all want to be a gold level or the highest yes. level. We can be. So we, <laughs> That's uh, right. we, we all want that, especially this person here. That's Gosh, right. I, I feel like I could uh, just keep talking and talking. But Joe, I'm going to ask you a last couple of questions about you. So you've done a lot in your career and starting at Blockbuster with a fabulous career and where you are now with a brand that I think is totally on the rise. What are you most proud of? Proud of people. And I'm going to bring it to a real life example that happened just today. I flew in a uh, former colleague from San Diego and visited with him. And it's someone that I mentored from years ago. But watching the career of other people that I've worked with, and he was someone who I helped him get um, to a COO level at a, at a retail company. And I just had a discussion last night with another former colleague that I mentored who became a COO at a, a company in Chicago. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, watching right. other people's journeys, I get a lot out of that. Uh, it means that I did something right. I made some impact on their life. And you don't know it at the time. That's not why you do it. You just help people. But if it's uh, accelerated their, their journey, then that's pretty cool, too. I couldn't agree more. That's great. And then my last question, you started franchising pretty early. So maybe the question needs to be reframed. I usually ask, what do you wish you had known? But I think the question for you is, what do you think people should know about franchising before mm. they get started? Well, I would tell you that's the impact of relationships. And so the very first franchising job I had at Blockbuster, because I'd worked many years on the corporate side first, before moving over to the franchise department, and so I knew the brand deeply. And so, you know, I was driving reports and communication to franchise owners. And the first few months, not necessarily getting the same response that I got from the corporate side. 
And so I remember talking to one of the executives at the time, and she said, it's because you have not focused on relationships. So I started uh, making trips out a couple times a week to meet some of the owners. And then the magic happened. Of course. Is that these are human beings that are trying to do something very difficult that a lot of people fail at. And so when you care about them, then they believe you care about their business. And you just can't work it the other way around. You'll be pushing the rock uphill the entire time. True. And, you know, my students will think that I planted that with you because I always (laughs) talk about relationships as I know how important they are. Well, I can't thank you enough for your time, Joe. We really appreciated it. And we'll let you scoot along now. Thank you. Nice. Thank you, Kathy, for your time. Franchise You is brought to you by the Yum Center for Global Franchise Excellence at the University of Louisville. For more information on the center, visit business.louisville.edu slash yum cgfe. Thank you for listening to Franchise You.